welcome to the Present in the Pain podcast, a weekly show that looks at the experience of pregnancy and child loss through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm your host, Eileen Tully. Welcome to the Present in the Pain podcast. I'm Eileen Tully, and I'm back with our second in a four-part series on the Holy Spirit called Breath of Heaven. And unfortunately, this series has not totally gone to plan uh, for me. I I traveled last week to visit my sister, and between us, we have 10 kids. And foolishly, I brought my microphone with me thinking that I would have time to record the second episode while I was there. And of course, I did not have the time to do that. But then I also proceeded to travel, drive home and leave my recording equipment at her house. So she kindly put it in the mail to me along with some other things that we ended up leaving there. And I'm finally able to get that second uh, episode done that we're going to work on today. And my plan is to also release the third episode later this week. So it's just not going to be that weekly timing that I had hoped for uh, at the beginning of this month. But I should have known better because December is just such a tricky month anyway, isn't it? So I should have known that it would not be exactly as organized as I had hoped it would be. But um, before we get started, I would just love to encourage you, if you are finding this podcast to be helpful to you, if you're a grieving mother or even someone who knows someone who's grieving and is are, you're finding that there's useful information that's encouraging, would you kindly leave a review or like and subscribe to the podcast? And it helps other people to be able to find it if you do that. Um, so that if they are just searching for a podcast on Catholic miscarriage or child loss or something, they're able to find my podcast amidst the sea of other podcasts out there. I'd be so grateful if you would do that for me. But let's start by recapping a little bit what we talked about last week. So we are using the song Breath of Heaven by Amy Grant. And hopefully if you if you weren't familiar with that song, maybe you were able to find it somewhere and listen to it. But I'm using the chorus of the song to talk about the ways that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And the reason why that song, even though it doesn't directly address the Holy Spirit or even talk about the Holy Spirit... In the song itself, the term breath of heaven is a term that's used for the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the Spirit as being like wind or breath and, and that it's, it is used in the Bible in those ways as being representations of or manifestations of the presence of God in those ways. Also, a dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So, But the word breath and wind and ruach, we talked about that, is are all words for the Spirit. And the first line of the chorus says, breath of heaven, hold me together. So last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit offers us when we feel like we are falling apart, when we feel broken or shattered like we do after we lose a child sometimes. The way the Holy Spirit can strengthen us is to 
um, in Dallas with that gift of fortitude, which is one of the gifts that we're given at our confirmation. And that fortitude and courage are the strength that we need to be held together, you know, to be, to be carried through those difficult situations. This week, we're going to talk about the line that says, be forever near me. So that's the second line in the chorus, and we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is forever near us, and in in such a different way even than in the Old Testament when God is with His people and He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, the the Holy Spirit is, is endowed to us, is given to us now after Jesus' death and resurrection as in a much more... Uh, constant way than the period people of the Old Testament experience. And we talked a little bit about people have receiving wisdom and insight from the Lord and being filled with the Holy Spirit and given sort of a word of knowledge like the prophets were, that they were given so that they could convey what God wanted to his people, the message that he wanted to share with them. But it was just a temporary, a temporary, um, gifting of the Holy Spirit or filling with the Holy Spirit that they were given and not the same as the the way that we, after the New Testament, are given the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to talk about this a little bit because I know for myself, early in our loss, in the days or weeks after our second twin daughter died, I felt almost carried. And I've heard other people say this, like we feel carried by your prayers. It feels like we're, God's presence felt almost tangible. Like it just felt like he was so near to us. And I wonder if you may have felt the same thing. I would love to know if you did, you could maybe come and share it in the podcast discussion area in the community. But um, it just felt like we were being buoyed along by the prayers and support that we felt maybe from other people or just it just felt like God was with us in a unique way that I hadn't experienced before and then as I as I as the time went on I also know that a little bit of what may have been happening. And I think these two aren't mutually exclusive. They could be both of those things at the same time. But I learned that we also, when we're presented with such a tragedy, a terrible situation like that, we sometimes feel this numbness and shock as we try to process and make sense of what has just happened to us. And eventually that wears off. And, and I think it sort of corresponded for me that the wearing off of that numbness and the sort of settling in of the heaviness of my grief coincided with what felt like the Lord withdrawing his presence from me, but I know that he wasn't, but it just, it sort of felt like, wait, don't, don't leave me. I just remember washing dishes one day and just feeling a little bit less like he was right there beside me. And I remember just like sort of panicking and saying, don't, don't leave. Like, don't leave me now. Like I can't, 
I can't do this. I need you. And I wonder if you can relate to that. And as I was reading about Jesus's gift of the Holy Spirit to the apostles, I was seeing this same sort of desperation in them as he was telling them that he was going to be going away. So I have have oodles of pages marked in my Bible right now to read with you. But if you look in your Bible at John 13, it's when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet and he is talking to them about what is going to be happening, just trying to prepare them for what is coming. And he is saying um, in 13 verse 33, he says, I will only be with you a bit longer. So he has just washed their feet. I'm trying to find 30 verse 33. He says, my children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me. And as I told the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say it to you. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as uh, love one another as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. So, and then immediately after that, Simon Peter says to him, well, where are you going? Like, why can't I come? Of course I want to, I want to follow you. Why can't I follow you now? And Jesus tells Peter, that's when he tells him that, you know, before today is over, you will deny me three times before the cock crows. But You can tell that as he mentions this to the disciples, they're sort of trying to be like, wait, don't leave us. You know, you can hear that in their questions that they are a bit afraid. And so at the beginning of chapter 14, he starts by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Um, You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If if there were not, I would... I would have told you that I am going to, I'm sorry, if there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. So then Thomas Thomas says to him, if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? How can we know? And, you know, how can we follow you? And he says, I'm going to the Father. And then they say, well, show us the Father. Like, we'll just, we'll just be there. But you can hear sort of the desperation and the confusion in their voice, in their questions. And it just made me think about that time when it, it did feel like, the presence of God was pulling away or, or or it just didn't feel, it felt like maybe, you know, we had been carried because we were so fragile and now we were being maybe set down on our feet again, almost, if you can think of it like a father holding their child. And so, you know, of course I'm still here, but like, it's time for you to walk a little bit now is really what it felt like. And I remember I wrote a blog post about Do you feel distanced from God since the death of your child? Do you wish that there was someone you could talk to who understood the pain of this unique kind of loss? The Present in the Pain community is an online group of Catholic women who have experienced pregnancy and child loss. Come and find the support and understanding that you need to heal. Visit EileenTully.com and click on Community.
about it as I was trying to process it. And I said that it felt like almost like that father's hand on the back of your bike as you're learning to ride on two wheels, right? That eventually he does have to sort of let you go to be able to carry it and continue. And so while it felt like God's presence was much more tangible, just like Jesus says to the disciples in a little while here, he says it's better for them that he goes because then he can send the Holy Spirit. And of course, God didn't actually leave us and he wasn't actually there and pulled away. But that feeling of security and being carried is what went away for us. But but it was sort of almost like better for us to rely on or be strengthened by the faith that the Holy Spirit gave to us so that we could begin our healing process. And I think that's really what the Holy Spirit is is doing for us and is doing for the disciples. So I'll keep reading in Romans um, chapter 14. He goes on to say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is verse 15. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the spirit of truth, which the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows it. But you know it because it remains with you and will be in you. And so as Jesus is saying to them, it's better for you. He he says it a little bit later in the chapter. It's better for you that I go away because... I'm going to be sending the Holy Spirit. So why, though, if we think about it, why is it better to have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus, right? I mean, they they didn't understand really what that would mean. And so let's think about that for a little bit, because he says, I'm sending the advocate, the comforter, the paraclete, all these words sometimes are used to describe the Holy Spirit. And he does have all of those roles for us. But he, what he's saying here in this verse is that this paraclete is a teacher and a witness to Jesus, a prosecutor of the world who represents the continued presence on earth of the Jesus who has returned to the Father. That's just what my notes say at the bottom of my study Bible. But that's exactly it. While Jesus has a physical body and was limited because of his humanity in time and space, the Holy Spirit is not limited by that. And he can live not, he's not limited to being outside them. He can indwell them as Jesus tells his disciples that the spirit can live in you. And so this, so he could be everywhere at once and he also has this role of reminding us of what Jesus has said. And so because he has that role, he is able to bring regularly to our minds all of the words and all of the the things that Jesus did and the words that he said he was he would be able to bring that to the minds of the disciples to strengthen them even after Jesus had gone. And so how does that strengthen them? I thought we would talk a little bit about that. So he's with them all the time. He's even dwelling in them. But what does that do to strengthen them? Why is that a good thing? Well, I was looking in Romans 
Romans chapter 8 and verses 5 to 11. Hold on one second. It says, For those who live according to the flesh are concerned with the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit with the things of the Spirit. The concern of the flesh is death, but the concern of the Spirit is life and peace. For the concern of the flesh is hostility toward God. It does not submit to the law of God, nor can it. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. On the contrary, you are in the Spirit. If only the Spirit of God dwells in you. Whoever does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the spirit that dwells in you. So how many times right there did it just say that this spirit dwells in you and gives you life? And, you know, we think that that life giving that it gives us is this awareness that we we're no longer concerned with the things of the flesh. And when we think about that, we sometimes think that it means, you know, we're not slaves to sin. That's true. But even when we're thinking about that in terms of our suffering, what we what the Spirit does by quickening us or giving life to our bodies or giving us life and making us aware of the things of the Spirit is that we have this awareness that what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal, right? Paul says, St. Paul says that too. He says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And so while we're in the flesh and we are limited in our physical visibility of what we can see, the Spirit reminds us that there's more. The Holy Spirit reminds us that there's there is an eternity beyond what we can see, that God is always working behind the scenes, that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So if he just was limited by what he could see, the cross would be horrible. There's nothing joyful in that. But because Jesus could see with his spiritual eyes and he knew that there was more, he could see that the cross was a path to something greater. And he did that for the joy that the joy that was set before him. That brought him joy, not the cross. He went through the cross because that other thing brought him joy. And the Spirit reminds us that there is more than what we can see. So I thought also we would look at Romans. There's a lot of verses here. The Romans 8 verses 16 and 17. It says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Here it comes. If only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So that that's our joy set before us, right? Is that, remember, we talked last week about the Holy Spirit guiding us on our way, just like that pillar of fire and that cloud of smoke that guided the Israelites through the desert when they couldn't see the way to go. The Holy Spirit 
guides us on the path that God has for us each individually. God's ultimate path for us is heaven. He ultimately wants to get us there, and the Holy Spirit takes us along the way that will get us there. But remember, we talked about it being like the school of the cross, right? Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you have to take up your cross. And then St. Paul just says in Romans, we are heirs with Christ and joint heirs with him if only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So the glorification is that joy set before us, but first we have to go through the cross and the Holy Spirit knows as my Mandalorian loving children like to say, this is the way, right? But what he says is that he doesn't leave us orphans, just like Jesus was telling the disciples. That's why he kept saying, peace, I leave you. Peace, I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I will not leave you as orphans, he tells them. And that means that even though you do have to go through the way of the cross, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. So that is the peace and the joy that we can have as we remember that the Spirit indwells us, that He brings the truth of those words of Jesus to our minds, and that we can have peace even in the midst of our suffering because our eyes are not on just what is seen. Yes, our children died. Yes, this is terrible. And we can see that if if this is all there was, we would be tempted to despair. But this is not all there is. There is more and there is hope that God is working behind the scenes and working in us and working all of this out for the good of those who love him, as he says. Um, I just wanted to read this little quote from Pope Benedict XVI when he was Cardinal Ratzinger. He was explaining um, the sacrament of confirmation. And when when we receive the laying on of hands at the sacrament of confirmation, he says that it's a sign of being sheltered and protected by God and the sign of the presence of the Spirit. The anointing unites us with the anointed one himself, who is Christ, and becomes a sign of the Holy Spirit, who inspired and lived in Christ. So last week we talked about the ways the Holy Spirit, we could say he holds us together, and then we just mentioned why his being forever near us is a good thing, because he indwells us now. At Pentecost, he came and is able to indwell us, and and that means live inside us, as St. Paul was saying in Romans over and over again. That Spirit lives in you. The Spirit testifies that you're children of Christ. The Spirit is what makes you believe, <laughs> gives you the, the knowledge and the understanding that what the Scriptures say is the truth. So next week we're going to look at, or not next week, but actually later this week when my third episode comes out, We will look at how the Holy Spirit enlightens us. So the next verse is lighten my darkness. And so that is also the role of the Holy Spirit is that when we're tempted to despair, he enlightens us. I would love it if you could come over to the community and discuss this podcast episode, discuss if you felt sort of the tangible presence of God in the early days of your grief 
as so many people that I've talked to have felt that. And also, did it feel like he was pulling away from you? Did you feel like, like I did, like maybe like, don't leave me. And I had to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is actually inside me and with me always. The community is also the home of my online video retreat for grieving mothers, where we go deeper into these topics. And it's all in the context of a community of support. In January, I'll be starting a group retreat so that If you have signed up for the retreat, but you never actually followed through with it through to the end, or if you are hesitant to do it and kind of know that you won't stick to it on your own, I'm going to start, I'll open up a, um, a group retreat so that everyone who registers, we can all go through the videos together week by week so that we'll do weekly check-in calls to help you work through the materials and feel supported along the way with a group that you know is going through the whole thing at the same time. So this is a great opportunity. Like I said, if you have signed up for the video retreat and you never followed through with it, you didn't get to the end, this is your chance to go through it. And if you have yet to come and join it, I encourage you to do so. You'll get two weeks free. And then if you use the code ADVENT, uh, ADVENT22, before Christmas, which is coming up this Sunday, you will receive 20% off of your price for the retreat. So later this week, I'll be releasing the third episode because December is crazy. But until then, I'm Eileen Tully, and I'm so thankful that you're here with me. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please consider hitting subscribe and leaving a review so that other people are better able to find it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a supporter of the show in any amount, it would be helpful for maintaining the podcast hosting and production costs. Thanks for prayerfully considering that.